0: welcome to LOS Fumar Takes. This is our 270th take. Live from the Alec Bradley Lone Star Studio of Azel, Texas. I'm your host, Barry de as always. And I'm so proud, so pleased, and so privileged to be with you all tonight. It's going to be a fantastic show. For a return of one of my very favorite people. And yes, I say that every week. But in this case, I really mean it. Just like I mean it all the other weeks. I love these people. I love my guests. And uh, this gentleman and I share a fond kinship over the greatest, ba- uh, the greatest football team. Ever uh, created by mankind, so uh, we'll get to all that and more. We'll get to formal introductions of our guests of honor in just a few moments, but before that, we have to thank the people that make this show possible, and that, of course, is our sponsors. And tonight's show is sponsored by Drew Estate. Drew Estate has done it once and again, yes, back in September around the inner tobacco Dortmund, uh, inner tobacco show in Dortmund, Germany from September 14th to 16th. The company's founder and president, Jonathan Drew, and global and brand ambassador. And factory host, spokesperson Pedro Gomez hosted events in four countries before and after the trade show to support the cigar's new release. What cigar am I talking about? The Liga Pravada 10 Seleccion Demarcado. Events in Istanbul and Europe uh, back in September. This exclusive cigar is for Europe only, and it's available to the internet. Oh, actually, international markets, not to Europe. Seleccion de Mercado is handcrafted to highlight the bold characteristics of a specially curated Connecticut Criollo Capa Leaf that's grown exclusively for Drew Estate by one Farmer in the famed Connecticut River Valley. This scar's name is Spanish for market selection and is inspired, inspired by the old practice of selecting wrapper leaves for certain national markets by color. Drew Estate chose only one of the most beautiful rosado leaves to highlight the selection de Mercado's bold yet deeply balanced and sophisticated espresso and earth notes. So you have a Connection in the international markets, or you are traveling internationally, make sure you head your way over to a Drago Diplomat retailer and check out, yes, the Lega Bravada 10 Selection de Mercado available in Europe and international markets. So, and welcome everybody. This is our 270th take. Without further ado, let's get to introductions for tonight's guest of honor, sponsored by United Cigar. Smoke one today and start lifting United. Mr. Matt Tive, how about that cigar? Matt, how are you doing tonight?
1: bear an honor and a privilege as always to talk to you my man it's been too long and uh really appreciate sitting down and uh honestly just about anything like you said just about anything you and i converse about you know we we have uh you know even in the things we disagree about we we have this uh just just cool vibe and and pragmatic approach that i think we both take to the world around us so brother it's great to be with you
0: Absolutely, man. It's like you're Texan, but from Minnesota. It's great. Yeah. <laughs> and a Packers fan. It's like the That's best. Right. Of, it's the best of everything. That's it's right. The best of, it's the best of everything. So <laughs> I'm going to I'm going to pull her a little Russell's Reserve here. I've got the uh, the it's the rye, by the way. So I got the Russell's Reserve uh, six year
1: rye. Very stuff, nice. Man.
0: Um, I've always loved the color on this, man. Mm. It's just it's just that right. It's not deep and dark, but it's just got this wonderful kind of like apple cider. Reminds you of fall, which is appropriate now. Yes, it's November. Yes, I'm not ready to celebrate Christmas yet. I'm sorry for everyone out there buying their um people had Christmas decorations up in like late September, man. It's crazy. What's the world's coming to just cake?
1: Yeah, yes. I don't I don't do the decorations that early, but I am one of those weirdos that starts listening to Christmas music in October. So I've already been listening to Christmas music for Yeah, but that makes sense for you, man.
0: You're like you grew, you were, you were a musician growing up, man. So like music's your music's like your thing. So I mean that makes sense. I mean,
1: yeah, there's just so much. Well, the way I the way I state it is, some of the best music in the world is Christmas music, and it makes no sense that we should only listen to that music, you know, three or four weeks a year. Sure. So. I give it a little more time,
0: give it a little bit more, a little bit more. Yeah. Speaking of, uh, speaking of time, I know it's been a number of times I was thinking about this yesterday, man. Like I, um, I took my kids to a couple of like kids birthday parties. And I know it's been a while since you've had to do that, like every other weekend. Um, But like, it's like a way of life, man. When your kids are like under 10 years old, like it's like every other weekend it's nuts. And yeah, it's like birthday parties and stuff. But I have to say, man, I really have to hand it to the family that hosted us yesterday. We're at bowling alley. It's one of my oldest son's uh, classmates and stuff. And apparently, they're like they're really good buds. They always talk about each other and stuff. And you know, obviously, my youngest son, who they don't know, wasn't invited. Called ahead, did the thing. It was just like, hey, I'll be happy to play for Overage. Like, just let me know. Blah blah. And uh, they're like, no, 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 it's okay. Totally fine. Just like, he's welcome. And like, not only did they make him feel well, like not only was he welcome, they made him feel welcome. Like we got there, like his name was already on the board for those bowling. Right. And they just made him feel like part of the family, man. It was like the, it was like one. And I don't mean any insult to my close personal friends where I've been to their kids' birthdays parties, but this was literally the best freaking kids' birthday party I've ever been to, man. I mean, these people were just unbelievable. It was just wonderful.
1: Yeah. It's always cool when people, uh, put time and attention into that kind of thing for your kids. And I mean, my hats off to my wife because she, when, when our kids were younger, you know, it's not, not now because when they get to be, you know, older teenagers, they don't really care a whole lot anymore. But when, when our kids were little, my wife, just all credit to her, man, she, she threw some incredible parties for our kids.
0: What was like your favorite what was like one of the favorite team themes like the one of your kids had that she put together
1: I'd say the biggest one that that everybody had the most fun at was uh it was our youngest son and at the time this was years ago but at the time he was really super into the Nerf gun wars you know with the little foam darts sure and so she got she begged, borrowed and stole as many of these Nerf guns as she could get her hands on. And she went on Amazon and she bought like the multi-packs of like a thousand or something of the Nerf darts. And she set up the whole backyard with, uh, like shooting range games for all the kids. And that was one of the games. And then the other game was, you know, Split into teams and do Nerf Nerf Wars, you know, with with all the kids, and it it was a blast. And um, it wasn't just the kids; it was the dads, and everybody got into it. So it was a great time.
0: Nice man, those good times. Yeah, i I think the 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 what I really like about it the most is just like it's the opportunity to be like in some cases like it's the opportunity to be a kid again, like the laser tags, yeah. the Nerf Wars, you know, like you know it's cool stuff you know. yeah so but um but uh fun times anyway so uh what did so what did you pour so i poured like i said some russell's reserve rye six year age i've got that and i've got some of course my my traditional sparkling water what do you what did you uh pour for yourself tonight
1: uh so for whiskey i have uh just one of my favorites weller special reserve um one of my favorites that I can't really get very often. So I drink it sparingly, but you know, tonight I'm on bear show. So I got to have some of that there you go. Uh, and for the beer. Uh, this is an IPA. Um, and it is actually from. Uh, this is the M43 new in Eng- new England, India pale ale. And this is from old nation brewing company in Williamston, Michigan. Okay, And it is a very nice, uh, hazy, hoppy, citrusy, really balanced IPA from a great uh, viewer friend of mine and uh, came to hang out with us in the studio a couple weeks ago for one of the shows. And uh, so, yeah, I've got those are the two things I have nice. for my beverages this evening.
0: Man I I know there was like the like everyone talked about the haze crazy and it was kind of overdone and stuff but like I love the like I love the juice box flavor notes and tons of like a freaking New England IPA man it's just really good. good yeah. It's good. Awesome. Well we're going to get to what you're smoking here in just a second but we do have a little bit of business to take care of. I've got four cigars here and as always my guest always picks my cigar for me so um so man I've got four choices for you tonight. I've got the Gran Habano. Uh, 20th anniversary, Toro. Uh, I've got nice. the Casam Magna Liga F Toro.
1: Oh, also very nice.
0: The Casa Cuevas
1: Sangra Nueva Toro. Oh, man, you're not making this easy on me.
0: Oh, here's this. This one's the piece to resistance. Here we go. Another Toro. Wow, I grabbed all Taurus. Holy crap, man. Um, <laughs> Didn't Don't ever do that. It was weird. Um, (laughs) here we go. We got the Hoya de Nicaragua. Cinco de Cinco. Yes, the new Cinco de Cinco. Fifty-five.
1: Okay, so I'm gonna to start because I think I think we might get into a second cigar tonight. So possible. Yeah. I'm thinking I'm gonna ask you to start with. Not just because it was the first one you named, but because I think this cigar would go nicely first with a follow-up cigar after, and that is the Gran Habano. Sounds
0: good. Fantastic. Thank you, sir. Thank you for picking out my cigar for me.
1: Oh, man. That's a cool thing you do. I love that you let your guest pick pick your cigar. That's very cool.
0: I think it's it's just it's something fun, man. Like I it was kind of organic, I think. I can't remember if I started on this show if I started with Coop, but like it's just become like this tradition and stuff. I just really I really enjoy it. Um it's every once in a while too, like guests like really surprise me with their picks. Yeah. Like I wouldn't have been like, oh yeah, let's go with the uh, like I think like John Huber, like I had like a couple of like age gems and like he wanted me to smoke um uh, I think one more than one of the more recent ones and stuff. and I was like, okay, cool, man, sounds good. It just like surprised me. Yeah, but I was, I was, I mean, I was totally down with it. And there's not a wrong answer. That's what's really cool about it. It's like, it's it get to smoke someone else's preference. Have you had the uh, how? Have you had the uh, have you had this one, the uh, Gran Habano twentieth or the?
1: No, I haven't had that one. Um, but I'm a fan of so much of the stuff that I've smoked from Gran Habano. Uh, I have really enjoyed. Especially one that that I was turned on to by you from one of your lists, the uh the blue and green. Oh, God. That uh, cigar is mean, killer. I just, that's a cigar. There's a shop that there's nobody around here that carries them, but there's a shop just not far inside of Wisconsin that carries them. And pretty much every time I go to that shop, I pick up two or three of that cigar.
0: Yeah, Jay Jay Davis uh, Blue Smoke over in Dallas like carries some granabano. Uh good selection of granabano and stuff and then there's a couple of other spots that I have that that I hit up for specifically for granabano reasons, which is yeah. Yeah, but I I uh I dig this smoke man. Um this might be my um again, it's not saying much cuz I I do love this vitola. This might be my least favorite vitola that I just I just but I saw granabano 20 and I was like, "Okay, that'll be a you know good selection out of some of these so yeah so fantastic uh but well there was one other thing i wanted to get to before the major point i guess the um um no, I guess we could. No, I was going to save that for later. So let's go ahead. Yeah, let's without further ado, let's go ahead and get into tonight's major point, which is brought to you by the people. Yes, cigar people, the people who know everything about a lifetime of service protocol cigars is more than just pool parties and good times. <laughs> well, maybe it is. But behind the fun is a motivation for service, a motivation for giving back from the original protocol blue to the latest release in the Lawman series, Phoebe Cousins. Protocol has always been about honor passion and yes the people it's what their life's work has been and always will be about power of the p protocol cigars that's uh so matt let's i mean let's take it back here a little bit i wanted to I, i i find this like in years past like we were like we were rolling shows in like october and november and we'd still be talking about the trade show back in july and like it was still very like new and stuff, it, but we find ourselves in a really precarious situation. Interesting, like it'll never, it will, it you know, probably won't happen again for for the foreseeable future. We find ourselves in like basically in the halfway point between the last show and and then the next one. So it's it's pretty crazy that it's coming up that fast and everything. So yeah, uh,
1: it's bonkers. You know, it's the, I don't, there's, uh, there's a lot of work to be done if companies want the, if they, if they want the same type of buzz, trade show buzz that they get, um, if they want to keep that going, if that's like their goal of the trade show is new product buzz or, um, line extension buzz, that kind of thing, they, Uh, You know, they've really had their work cut out for them ever since it was announced that the 2024 trade show is going to be in March. And I think most companies are up to the challenge and everybody we've talked to has, uh, they're excited for it. And Mm -hmm. yeah, they have to make adjustments, but you know, for the most part, it's, it's just uh, this, this won't be as big a change for them as. What some of the coming years are going to bring, you know, sure. from from a location standpoint.
0: Yeah, I think that that's the a couple of the, the different conundrums and stuff It's just like the different places and locations that they're planning on having it. My So here. So here I have a theory that I'm really worried about. And I don't I feel like I'm the only one that's brought this up. And so either I'm really smart or I'm incredibly stupid and I'm, I'm game for each one. But like, okay. So you and I know both of those. About we we spent a lot of time, and we spent some time working in retail or helping out in retail, or just in retail shops to begin with, right? So after the Christmas rush, like it, I mean, and they retailers will just absolutely just set a blaze for their inventory to try to get everything out door as much as possible, because why they don't want to play inventory tax at the end of the year, which is totally understandable, like. It's a true business move, makes sense, makes all the sense in the world. So, But then at the same time as this is happening, as, as retailers are getting out all their inventory out the door, factories are shutting down because factories shut down for about a month. So by the time the factories kick back on, that's why for pretty much the month of January, most shelves are empty or sparse. Going into February... Right. It's like that. Yeah. So now the show's going to be in the spring. So not, I mean, good retailers always have inventory. So I'm not talking about like you know, you know, I'm not talking about some of the ones that you and I know or associate with, but like I'm just talking about like in general. Yeah. Like a, a normal, like just Joe Schmo retailer is gonna be like, okay, I'm gonna push all my inventory out the door factories aren't working so i'm not going to be able to order product by the time i can order product wait the show's coming up i just have to wait a few more weeks like the consumer's going to go a lot of time with like slim pickings on the shelf is my feeling that's my biggest concern
1: yeah that's i hadn't thought about that that's i think it's a possibility i i think you're right that that could happen um and it You also bring up an excellent point that a lot of times when we as media talk about the trade show, we focus so much on the manufacturers that, you know, we forget that the, the, the trade organization, the PCA is supposed to be a retailer, uh, representation, a retailer supportive organization that's supposed to be what they're there for. And I think they do a pretty good job with that, um, but it's, it's way more than just the manufacturers and the brands having cigars available in March to be showcase cigars for the trade show. It's about retailers who spent a lot of money buying cigars at PCA 2023 just a few months ago. And then are they going to be ready to spend a lot more money again in March? Mm -hmm. And, you know, they're going to make a lot of money during the holiday season, hopefully. But are they going to have money available to purchase as much as they want to purchase in March. And then another thing that adds a level of complexity to that is for the retailers who choose to attend the TPE trade show and the PCA trade show, because there was a cushion of, you know, four months or five months for those retailers before from when TPE would happen in late January or February, and then when PCA would happen in July, Mm -hmm. you know, so they had time to, you know, sort of make some of that money back from sales that they spent at the trade show. Now they have six weeks. Yeah. And I don't know how that's going to change things for, retailers when it comes to going to the trade show and and making purchases at the trade show um it would be interesting to talk to some retailers about that to see if that's going to change their buying plan for the year yeah. or not and if and, you know if uh j davis is in the in the comments and you know he's he's got a lot of good insights as always and I, I would want to hear from a, uh, as many retailers as possible to find out how they're uh, how they're going to adjust, if at all, yeah, for 2024.
0: Well, I think uh, I mean Jay said he said says he's out of cash in January and February, brutal months. So 2025 should be fine, but this quick turnaround to this year is going to be brutal for him. So, and that's I mean that was my concern too. Is just like again, but that's again that's Jay who's actually. A, a, Jay's one of the more out, you know, really does a great, does a great job of planning. Like he's one of those really well-run retailers. I'm talking about the people that like, cause inventory, like JRE's has inventory. Like that's not a problem. Yeah. Like there's like, there's other retailers that really do go right out those, those months because they, they blew everything out at the end of the year cause they didn't want to pay inventory tax on it. And I'm not begrudging them. I'm not saying that's a stupid move. That's makes a lot of business sense but this is this, this turnaround this time is going to be brutal. I think for a lot of unprepared people, like Jay's going to prepare himself, like, but a lot of unprepared retailers are going to go into 2025 and just like not have anything on the shelf from like
1: December 31st until like April. Yeah. Yeah. And that, that does make, make a difference. And it'll be interesting, interesting to see if retailers, especially smaller retailers, you know, um, you know, some of the some of the retailers in my area, um, they don't carry a ton of SKUs. And um it'll be interesting to see if they say, you know what, we're really not gonna spend um very much money at PCA. You know, they might go for the community aspect and the team building aspect and the relationship building aspect and networking and all that, but I think a lot of them are gonna spend less than they have in years past because they haven't had as much time to recoup that that money in sales.
0: Right. But I am excited too a this year piss like I think what will bolster I think I think that this this one's gonna be new, it's gonna be exciting, it's gonna be fresh. And then you've also got the the coming back of Drew Estate um Altus will be back in like a more official capacity stg will be back in more official capacity it seems like i know we know drew estate will be for sure it seems like for at least forge will be back you know i don't know if stg brings
1: general over to that component i I think they're going to
0: it sounds like it
1: from what i understand it's going to be the full family of brands uh premium the premium cigar side of stg
0: so here's my question for you, Matt. You spent you spent years going to trade shows and both. So you've experienced the the non big four and with the big four. Now, this is just the big three. There's still one left out so far.
1: Yeah. I think they'll be back. I,
0: I don't know, man. I don't know if Davidoff ever comes back. Coop said that for years. I thought I man, I thought for the longest time that they were gonna be like one of the first ones back. And Coop like Coop told me he's like no. No, I just like they they may never be back.
1: I'm like Really? I don't know. I I think I always I always assumed that Altadis was gonna be the first one back, like in full regalia. Um but I, I assumed Davidoff was gonna return as well. Um now the fact that they that it's already the first week of November and they haven't announced yet you know uh it's looking less and less likely that they'll be at the PCA in 2023 or t- sorry 2024 but i'm still hopeful that that they'll return in in 2025 but you know they have a different uh Divide situation model. than a lot of other companies you know they yeah
0: appointed merchants man
1: i mean they have appointed merchants they do a lot of business um uh in europe and asia and and not that there aren't cigar companies who attend pca that don't also do a lot of business in europe and asia plus we've we've seen increases in the last few years of buyers from europe and asia attending the pca trade show not just inner tobacco. so i mean maybe maybe that lends itself more to a reason for davidoff to Attends an exhibit at the PCA. I don't know. Yeah,
0: I think. I mean, I think there's an open door for like, like their presence with like Avo Camacho, something like that, because those aren't brands that need appointed merchants, right? Right. So there, that could be. We could certainly see that for sure. Um. I know David has had representation at the last year's because they distribute they distribute uh Ferry otego for example yes. so i know that yeah. there's that um but it's in, do you think they're pro, do you think they're it's going to be back i remember you using the, i remember very vividly you cuz used this metaphor and i thought it hit pretty good we talked about the old ma- you know the old shopping malls and then yeah. you had the 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 cornerstone departments the dillard's the jc penneys and everything they were kind of the yeah
1: the anchor the stores
0: village. yeah the anchors yeah, I called them pillars. You were. Yeah, that's right. You called them anchors.
1: Um, that, That's just the term I remember from my youth was like the big shops at the ends of the shopping mall were called anchor stores.
0: Right. So. Do you think they're again, we're talking about three and not four at the moment. Do you think they're going to return in full to use your words in full regalia to where they are going to be that. I mean, those booths were massive.
1: Yeah. Yeah, it's it's possible that they will return with everything. I mean, full Davidoff, you know, white label, white glove, the 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 look and feel of those those big Davidoff booths. I mean, you remember them from yeah. from the PCA trade show, the IPCPR trade show. Um just beautiful look and feel and uh, it truly was like a luxury place that they had set up and then, but they also had the other members of their family of brands. They had the avo section. They had the Camacho section. Um, I would love to see that back again at the PCA trade show. I th- I think it could only benefit Davidoff and their family of brands. I think it could only benefit the PCA as, as a whole and as a trade show. Um, but it. I suppose it's also possible that we could see them return with more of a more of a a pared down a uh, uh, sort of showing, not quite as pared down as we've seen them do at TPE, but just uh, maybe more because at TPE what I've seen from them is more focus on Avo and Camacho and less so much on the the Davidoff label itself. So I think it's possible that we could see them return more to focus on Camacho and Avo because Camacho and Avo, I think as brands, they would benefit a lot more than Davidoff brands. I'm not sure if, if Davidoff itself, you know, talking, we're talking white label and and the Winston Churchill series, you know, the what we know of as the luxury side of Davidoff. I'm not sure if they. I I hate to use the word need to, but that's what I'm going to say. I I'm not sure if they need to attend an exhibit at the PCA trade show in order to get what some other companies get in a return on investment uh, in in pure sales. Now, from a recognizability standpoint and a networking standpoint, I think everybody should be at the PCA trade show. Mm-hmm. But um, I don't think on paper, in pure sales strategy, I don't think they necessarily need it.
0: Yeah. Um I i I was curious. I was curious if if Jewish Day comes back in full force that the way they did. Like the loud boost, the large booth, the second story, like like I don't know, uh I mean I I'm not sure if it's public yet, but I'm not sure about like the space, like the how much space they've secured so far. I know they're they committed to coming back, so I don't know if
1: Yeah. From what I good. understand, it's going to be, it's going to be the big, the big kahuna again. Mm-hmm.
0: That'll be exciting, man. I think what's what I think they strategy I think they strategize this really well because by not coming to the summer, announcing that they were coming, you know, they got some crazy stuff in the works like they're going to oh, yeah. come they're going to come back with a bang. There's no way they're coming back with like hey, check out the, you know, the dirty rat and the L40 and like, you know, those are great cigars and, you know, Liga, you know, Liga Privada number 9 and yeah, they're all great, but they're yeah. not coming they're not coming back with their portfolio. They're coming back with some pretty pretty crazy stuff.
1: Yeah, I think you're right. The, and they're going to use I mean, they they're so good at this when it comes to product launches and um getting excitement built in their consumers that you know that they're going to come with something major and they're not going to mess around it's it's going to be big it's going to be loud it's going to be bold it's going to be over the top you know just like the but it's going to be more like what we were used to pre-covid because with covid and everything you know the they started doing the freestyle live where they could do it all virtually instead of at a trade show and do the big product drops and all that. And
0: I would love if they did a freestyle live reveal at a
1: show. Well, I mean, and they, it's possible that they could do that live from the trade show floor, which I wouldn't put it past him to, to do that Yeah.
0: on, if you're listening, just, you know, <laughs> go ahead and steal that one. That's on us, man. That's on us, big guy. <laughs> you go do that, man. Yeah. I think that would be cool, man. I think, I mean, there was something, I think it was a little much for the small company with respect, but like there was, were two, some two really cool launches. Like if you remember the year that um Robert Holt, Southern draw did the Jacob's ladder brimstone and the desert row, the Rose Sharon desert rose reveal. Yeah. Like he did those both at the show and like two separate times and stuff. I mean, yeah, dude. I mean, got to, you know, was that was pretty awesome i mean for a smaller company he got a bunch of us over there to cover both those reveals and stuff so can you imagine how massive it would be if drew estate did it like insane oh yeah
1: yeah i mean they would it would be the the real thing they'd have you know jd would be there and they'd have the music going and they'd, they'd have like a 10 camera setup with you know the streaming platforms going full bore and Pedro doing what Pedro does so well, you know, getting the, getting the crowd going and getting the Mm -hmm. excitement going, they would, you know, and, 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 you know, Willie's always working on, on, on magical blends in the background when, Mm -hmm. um, and then they'll, they'll just pick the one, you know, that they're going to roll with. And uh, I mean, it's November. They, it's probably all, they're probably at the point where they're working on final design tweaks and oh, final packaging yeah. tweaks. I mean, it's basically ready to go. Yeah, absolutely. Like I said, for a company they- that big, it, for a company their size, it's basically already ready to go. They're just doing the final tweaks, making sure everything's a lot perfectly lined up for that. They not only that it's ready to present and and to announce, but that it's ready to ship because they're big on that too. Where a lot of companies have problems with that. A lot of companies are great with the announcements and the hype, but they're not as good at ha- actually having that product ready to get into their the hands of their consumers in a timely manner. Where Drew Estate has never had a problem with that,
0: right? Yeah, I think. Uh, I, I think they're. I mean, they, I think they timed this perfectly, and I think they're primed. Which, I'm not trying to be the negative Nancy here, but, like, if they don't deliver, like, it'll be such a disappointment. But, I I mean, I just don't see that happening because that they that's what they do. Yeah. I mean, they're one of maybe, I don't know. I mean, they were top, easily top three company that handled the COVID crisis the best. Like, as far as, like, engaging consumers, engaging people, like, and I think, yeah. like, I think, You know they're one and two like i mean i'm just saying top three to be conservative but like i mean they did an incredible job
1: yeah yeah Yeah. they have they have a lot of resources behind them Mm -hmm. you know because their parent company and there's no you know ifs ands or buts about that and they they put they put a lot of investment into making sure the streaming stuff they were doing worked properly and making sure that the products were ready in time making sure that you know and and the the whole the the whole way that they built up this teaser piece of it with the freestyle live event packs you know that comes with three or four of this of the the unreleased unbanded cigars along with some swag that you can buy ahead of time and you know that gets you a QR code where you can win some free shit and some cool other awesome free shit. It's that who doesn't love free shit. I mean, just Uh, absolutely. And it's, it's just from a pure marketing and brand building recognition perspective. It's, it's brilliant. And they, they keep showing that time and time again, that they know how to build anticipation with their retailers and their customers. And they know how to, uh, drive a product launch, and they've they've shown it time and time again. You know, in the last, especially in the last fifteen years.
0: Oh, I, I mean, absolutely. I think that the, the, it's really cool about, again, about this. I will say this, man. I, th- I think the I think the worst one they did was the the swing and the miss was doing the Papas Fritas as a as a freestyle life pack like that was the most obvious thing in the world what that was like yeah and i I, like i maybe their goal wasn't to be cunning i'm not trying to like be like shame on you for for doing that um again i mean they want people to guess what it is and stuff but there's some at the certain at the same time like like black and i think caught everybody off guard 20 acre farm caught me off guard i had like that that one that one blew me away
1: that caught me um, way off guard.
0: Nika Rustica Adobe, I thought was an it was an interesting one, and I really like that cigar. And it's like it's like ridiculously
1: inexpensive. Like it's such a great buy for that. Cigar. I have to revisit that. I honestly have not smoked that since it came first came out, and and I I need to revisit it because I really don't have a very great recollection without looking at my notes of of uh, what I thought about that cigar.
0: We never even talked about your cigar. So you lit up. You lit up before the show so oh, started. Yeah. What, what did you? Uh, you're probably almost done now. So my
1: Let's first see. cigar of the night uh, is a Four Kicks uh, from Crown Heads. Uh, Four Kicks Kappa Especial for 2023. Nice. Um, and I wanted to start up with something, you know, kind of in the medium range because my second cigar is pretty bold and pretty old. So um yeah i wanted to start off with something medium and uh i mean the kappa specials i i can't remember one that disappointed yeah. so then this is another this is another one of their kappa specials for the four kicks line that i mean it's smoking great
0: i love that the mule kick man i i've got to get more hands on like they've got i i I think it's been a while since they've pushed out a release of it, but when they do, I'm going to be all over the four kicks Maduro, man. That cigar is sensational.
1: Yeah. Yeah, that's definitely.
0: So. so again, back to the, uh, back to the anticipation of the back and forth with the show and everything that, you know, elephant in the room here, Matt, you know, there was, there was uh it was a kind of, I wouldn't say 11th hour, but it was, it was, it was, it was pretty loud. It was, I, well maybe 11th hour last minute but it was it was something you were building towards and trying to get to trying to get things accomplished make sure all the i's are tied and t's were crossed but you almost didn't make it to this past year's trade show um yeah. the does the quick turnaround put you put you in the at, at risk or in danger of not being able to attend 2024
1: um yeah yeah i'd say it does um but I'm I'm doing what I've done for the last few years, you know, I'm I'm putting in the work, reaching out and um, you know, trying to trying to make it happen. Um I'll say that one way or another. I mean, I'll basically say one way or another guaranteed. How about that cigar will be at the PCA trade show in March of 2024. Um, Now that may come at some personal expense, um, but it's important. It's an important enough event to cover. Um, And it's, I mean, for any cigar media company, I mean, if you did a, anybody who does a podcast about I'm trying to think of it. Okay. Anybody who does a podcast or a web show about guns, who considers themselves and, and desires to be a productive and, and contributing member of that community has to go and cover what's known as shot show. It's like, the big kahuna of guns and ammo related um, shows or somebody who has, does a podcast about uh, electronics and TVs and lighting systems and all this stuff pretty much has to go to CES and -hmm. cover it. And um, PCA is that way for premium cigars. So yeah, one way or another, we are going to be at the PCA trade show. Um, and it's, it actually is easier because as a media organization, you know, we, we go to people in the industry, whether it's manufacturers or big retailers and say, we offer sponsorship deals for our show, just like you do. We offer sponsorship deals for our show. And just so that we can keep functioning as a show and keep covering the industry. And, you know, that brings in ad revenue. And then that ad revenue goes directly to keeping the show on the air, meaning you've got to pay for the website to still be live. You've got to pay for audio podcast hosting. You've got to pay for streaming, video streaming hosting. You've got to pay for um I mean so many other cameras, lights, uh cables, memory cards, uh you know, mixing boards, all the stuff that goes into it. And you want you want to incrementally upgrade that equipment as time goes on to just make the quality of the show and the and the broadcast and all that as good as it can possibly be. And the fact that most of that ad revenue, at least for us, for how about that cigar, most of that ad revenue comes in in the first quarter of the year. Then knowing also that the PCA trade show is in the first quarter of the year, if if specified advertising money just doesn't happen like an actual contract saying this is a contract to sponsor how about that cigar's coverage of the PCA trade show. If that doesn't happen in 2024, it really sucks and really puts us in a bind because that's less that we can do the rest of the year because then we have to take just the general budget ad revenue and put that towards paying for covering the PCA trade show. So then that means there's going to be less extra special stuff throughout the year, less improvement in, um, all that sort of stuff. And so that's where the bind comes in is because we can't do as much the rest of the year because a vast majority of that ad revenue that comes in early in the year, just generalized yearly ad revenue, that has to pay for the PCA trade show.
0: It's a bit I mean, it's a big undertaking. And yeah. yeah, I mean it's a I mean, like you said, it's the big show. You have to go. I'm glad you're gonna be there. So that's gonna be good. Um so just kind of going I know we kind of touched around this and everything, like what what are you expecting overall? We've talked a little bit about some couple of companies. We've mentioned the you know, three of the big four returning. Like, what are your expectations of this show? Do you think uh, what 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 do you think will be like an overall theme or what will we see in
1: um well i think i think there're going to be some good and bad things about the just the nature of it because it's in march instead of july so that changes things because although normally you say okay most retailers are super busy in july so they don't have as much time to get away to the PCA trade show. I'm not necessarily sure if that's true uh, because especially, I'm I'm saying that, I'm sure that's true for some retailers. But then you've got some other retailers, I think, that March is gonna be maybe tougher for some retailers because if you've got retailers who have school-aged children or who have a lot of employees that work at their retail shops, that have school-aged children. That's not going to be as easy for them to get away and go to a trade show in March when maybe their kids need rides to and from school or their kids have after-school events that they have to be driven to and things like that. So
0: spring break. maybe
1: they, yeah, or spring break. Maybe they're not going to have as much time or uh, availability to do that. Yeah. So I think there's going to be a mix of retailers some who have more time in march some who have less time um for the manufacturers i don't think it really makes a huge difference aside from the fact that this was a short turnaround time from last year's pca and that it's only a few months removed from the the yearly factory shutdowns that pretty much happen across a lot of latin american countries um but I think we're going to see big things at PCA in 2024 at the trade show, um, and I think it's going to be continual, continued improvements on what they already improved in 2023. Because I've already said this to Scott and and the other people at PCA uh, that I saw leaps and bounds improvements. At, at the 2023 PCA trade show. I thought it was so much better. Uh, and I, I have really applauded them at what a great job they did with the trade show. And I believe that they're going to continue to improve. And I believe also that the cost savings that they're getting by holding it in the Las Vegas Convention Center as opposed to the Venetian Expo, I think we... That that's only going to benefit the organization, and also maybe leave some money free to do some bigger events. And I also think the fact that we have Drew Estate and Altidus and STG back at exhibiting at the PCA trade show in the past, you know, prior to 2020, um, those companies really did. Do a lot to benefit people who attended the PCA trade show when it came to sort of extra special after hours events or even events during the trade show, whether it's sponsoring a happy hour or or the big opening night gala and things like that. And yeah, some smaller companies or medium-sized companies have pooled resources to you know fund the opening night gala, but you know, it you still, if you look back six or seven years it really doesn't compare no offense to anybody but it really doesn't compare to the money that like stg put behind the opening night gala or yeah. the money that drew estate puts behind the opening night gala at tpe you know those the those are major major events and i think it's possible that we could see some sort of amped up and really over the top uh after hours events at this year, this coming PCH ratio, because of that.
0: Yeah, I think you're right. The uh, yeah, I mean, this this year was probably the best attended, like even going back to those ones that you were talking about, like even the Koha the Kohiba white uh, party, which was the last year the general was there. Like that was a pretty popping party, but this one was better. This year's was better attended. Yeah, like overall. Um, yeah. logistics within the within the event aside, like I thought, it was one of the more popular ones. <laughs> like I said, most well attended, and from that from that from that perspective and everything. Um. So, do you think that um, this will be aside from, again aside from, real STG is coming back and stuff like that. Do you think we'll see another influx of more companies? Because I feel like the last couple of years, more and more companies have keep coming back or have, are starting to come. The BCA pavilion was a big ad with some of these smaller companies. Do you think we'll see even an even an, a
1: larger uptick this year, 2024? Um, I'll be honest, no, but I don't say that as a bad thing. I don't think it's necessarily a bad thing. I Because when you think about um, This year's trade show The 2023 trade show that happened You know five months ago I think Other than Davidoff And STG as a whole Although Forged was there And Altidus I mean Altidus is tricky Because you know yeah i so if you look at it from the, the perspective of people who were at the pca trade show in 2023 aside from the big 4 like fully exhibiting the big booths that we were used to seven or eight years ago i don't see a lot of other Notable, and I don't say this to offend anybody, but really truly notable, like household names for cigar people who aren't already exhibiting at the PCA trade show, who were not exhibiting at the PCA 2023 trade show. One that comes to mind is Protocol cigars. You know, Juan was at the trade show, but Protocol didn't exhibit at the PCA 2023 trade show. I'd love to see them exhibit again. I'd love it. I'd love it. Um, But I think the list of notable premium cigar brands that did not exhibit at the 2023 PCA trade show is not a super long list. And I, I, I really would love input from commenters if I'm like missing any glaring, um, examples of of that because it's super possible that i'm missing some glaring examples of that but i love the bca pavilion too i didn't think i would but i really did and i i'm hoping that that expands now whether it expands as bca you know uh member brands or if it just if that pavilion style exhibit space expands because regardless of whether they're a member of the BCA or just a small brand that doesn't have the the funds to do a uh standard booth, I'd love to see that more more brands have a space in a pavilion style um exhibit area oh, to man. show Absolutely. off their, their products.
0: Absolutely. I think the the it, it, I think the pride issue is just so I'm so be, I'm so past it. Like, I'm so past like, oh, we can't afford it. And it's like, well, you don't have to do anything huge. Yeah. Like, like take Rainier Lorenzo, for example. That guy's had the same fucking booth for <laughs> five years. Yeah. The same freaking like like old school real estate, you know, retail case, like that, you know, you, you know, that Zales still has, you know, jewelry case and stuff like, and, and it works, man. He, he, he's, he's busy. He's popping. Like he's, he's uh, it, it, like, it, he doesn't, it's not ostentatious. He doesn't go over the top and he doesn't have to, you know, every year his brand keeps growing. You know, he's bigger than he was when he first invested in that space. That's right but he's making a smart business decision. Omar Defrias is the same. His booth is the same. It's the same size every year. Location might change, but it's yeah. the same size every year. Steve Sock is another one. Mm-hmm. That's the same freaking booth. And his booth is not that big, and yet year in and year out we continue to hear Steve talk about like oh, I've increased production of this much, you know. I have I'm adding this these cigars to my portfolio. He's got a lot of limiteds too, but like that he, that he deals with the show. But I mean, he's adding decor almost every single year. Yeah. It's
1: the same space, man. Um, Yeah. There's a lot of companies that are not, they're not, I don't want to use the word wasting money, but they're, they're choosing to put resources elsewhere instead of, uh, Fancy, stylized booth space. right? And I don't fault the companies that do put money into a fancy, stylized booth space. That's not my point. My point is, there are companies that choose to put that money into more sales staff with a simpler booth. Like, look at Tatuaje. Tatuaje's booth, back in 2016, 17, 18, Mm -hmm. was... Far more stylized and uh, uh, complex than yeah. it has been for the last few years. You know, it last few years it's the 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 poles with the elastic displays stretched over them, very simple with a, a yeah. few glass cases showcasing product, but very few. Yeah, And the rest of it, all the space is taken up by tables for writing orders or having conversations. And I think I've seen a lot more companies go in that direction. And I don't see any problem with it because they're in mixed in with the, the companies who are choosing to simplify. There will always be companies who choose to put money behind a large, stylized, complex booth system. And I think a mix of both is great. And for the companies who choose to do either, you know, they, they have reasons for making those decisions.
0: Right. I, like you said, I think it's just, I think it's honestly like a pride issue in a lot of ways. Like I get it. If money's not there, money's not there. I understand. I get it. I really do. Like it's a, it's an expense. It's, God, especially Vegas, man. Like, holy crap! Yeah, it's expensive. Yeah, I get it, man. I really do. But if you're trying to take yourself seriously as a brand, and like, it's, but like, I, again, it, it's, it's that weighing of it. Like, cabbage, Cavalier Geneva missed a show at a really crucial juncture in their history, and you know when at, this was back in the day, if you missed a show like you were dead and then he came back the following year Sebastian and just freaking crushed it man and, and yeah he's been going bonkers ever since man he's really built it um the brand up really well
1: oh yeah um, absolutely
0: you know we you, ma- you mentioned protocol but like I mean I mentioned them earlier too man like I I mean it's been several years now I mean if Robert Holt doesn't come back I mean what are we like what is Southern draw now
1: yeah yeah, I've been concerned about them for a while. I mean, I know for as far as I'm aware, they're 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 selling a lot of units, but they there is something to be said for s- keeping your um keeping your brand name on the forefront of the minds of the cigar community, especially right. the social media cigar community. You know, whether it's, you know, doing shows like this or um, doing doing release announcements and press releases for announcements and um and anything and and trade shows honestly and I don't know how long uh, any brand whether it's Southern Draw or anybody I don't know how long any brand can sustain a, a sort of cohesive, a uh, spot in the minds of cigar nerds and the cigar community who spends time on social media learning about brands and stuff like that. I don't know how long that's going to stay sustainable and actually promote any kind of growth within your brand. And then if that happens, then there's also going to be it feels like there's going to be a timeline of of inevitable demise of the brand through any sort of catalog or online resources where if, if that's where the majority of your um, product is going. And I don't know if that's a formula for growth and sustainability.
0: I, yeah, I mean, I mean, for look, for a while there, I mean, a few just a few years ago, I mean, it was, you know, Southern Draw and Dunbarton Tobacco and Trust and Foundation Cigar Company like slugging it out on consensus every freaking year. Yeah. And it's, it's just mind blowing to me that like it just fell off the face of the planet. Like, I mean, and Robert's still around. I know he's still doing stuff, man. And I like, yeah. I mean, I I buy a Desert Rose every time I can find it. I freaking love that cigar.
1: Yeah, there. You're totally right. And I, I still enjoy a lot of their cigars. And there are still shops, um, in the area that in my area that carry their cigars on the shelf. And I think that's great. And yeah, I reach for them when I have a chance. Absolutely. Um, but part of it for me is selfishness. You know, just because I love those people and I'd love to have a chance to sit down because uh, I haven't sat down, you know, face to face with Robert and Sharon in, I don't know, five, six years. And I'd love to have a chance to sit down and share a cigar with them and, you know, talk about our kids and talk about life. And, you know, um honestly, um to have them back at the trade show is for me, for me, it's honestly just kind of a, a selfish you know desire to see people that i enjoy that i haven't oh, seen oh yeah in-
0: oh yeah it was i mean it was so great seeing juan last year at the, the show but like i would love yeah i'd love to you know i love kevin he's yeah. fantastic like so sharp and i love i love the, the some of the things that they're doing with it i i know that you know i know that they've uh they've really just done a really good job of building that brand and like it's going places you know and i i mean obviously yeah you know i i know they're sponsors of the show they don't have to say it but i they have the there's so much potential with that and there was so much potential with southern draw i mean he can bring that back i i think he's probably lost some ground but robert's such a charismatic figure that i think you know new retailers would you know would be would be kind of wooed by that by his yeah. you know his persona and everything so
1: i agree um, they're not, they're not sunk by any stretch i yeah. just i yeah, i yeah. think they i think they could do a lot more
0: yeah for sure cool well we got some more questions uh to go over real quick but let's take a quick break and go over one of our fun segments here which is always brought to you by united cigars yes uh featuring la Venano and distributors of jose dominguez bandolero garofalo and the highly acclaimed Atabe byron and now alfonso lines from selected tobacco smoke one today and start living united Um, So I went a little different take here, Matt. I went ahead and borrowed your name for today's trivia question, which is, of course, Matt or Matthew. So infamous cigar uh, excuse me, infamous cigar. Infamous Civil War photographer Matthew Brady took two very infamous portraits of these two presidents during the Civil War. So Two portraits of these two presidents during the Civil War. Um, And this isn't a trick question like one you know like you know they're like this could be a sitting president and a future president this could be two future presidents etc right so again but he took very two very infamous portraits of two presidents during the civil war um so was it a Ulysses S Grant and James Garfield B Ulysses S Grant and Abraham Lincoln C. Rutherford B. Hayes and James Garfield or D. Abraham Lincoln and Rutherford B. Hayes
1: oh man so Grant Garfield
0: Grant Lincoln Hayes Garfield or Lincoln Hayes
1: um so I didn't know the name of this photographer but I'm pretty sure I know the photographs that you're speaking about um yeah. now can i ask are these when you say when, when you name each of these duos are the is this an instance where both subjects are in the same photograph or no, they were separate? Indivi-
0: yeah individual portraits
1: yeah okay so that yeah that helps um then i think i have to go and i think i even remember when these if, if they're the photographs I'm thinking of, I think I even remember when they were when they were taken. Um, and I believe that would be uh, Lincoln and Grant. That is correct. OK, that is okay. correct. Yes.
0: Yeah.
1: Now, were these were these the famous photographs that were taken essentially right after the surrender at Appomattox Courthouse? No,
0: no, one but one this this is this is one of the most famous ones here. I'll share my screen here. This is the uh, uh this is at the Battle of Antietam. So this is Abraham Lincoln. Oh. And this one's not really a portrait. He has done portraits of Lincoln. I can pull those up here in a second, but this is the very famous photograph of Abraham Lincoln at the Battle of Antietam.
1: Oh, yes. Yes.
0: So he did that and then he also did um this one. See, this is this is Lincoln and McClellan here. I mean just snapshots of just crazy history. But yeah, like here's the very famous folk this is the portrait I'm talking about.
1: Oh yes. Of Lincoln, yes.
0: right? The and then we'll get the Grant one. It's this one right here,
1: yeah, and that's that's the tree. That's probably one of the top three most famous photos from the Civil War. Yeah, um, and the it it's really amazing, especially with pictures of Lincoln because they're they always and I know you know this bear because you're super into history in general, but also presidential history. But they, the, it's always talked about how presidents age so drastically during their terms in office and you can see it with I mean, even modern times you go from the current president and you go to every president back you know until um my living memory um or my time i've been on earth nixon and you look at the presidents from before they while they were still campaigning to become president and then when they left office and the 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 age uh, that appears on their face is just strikingly. They they look so much older. Well, look and, at
0: Lincoln, man. The full head of hair, and then like the loss yeah. of hair. Just like he he also crazily enough lost weight. Like right, you can imagine that. Like and just yeah, man. I mean, it just
1: gosh, um, it's it's amazing. He he really, I mean, he aged. It, it felt like he went from, you know, 40 years old to 80 years old in the span of just a few short years.
0: Yeah, I mean, he I mean, seriously, seriously, that last year, the last year of his that he was in office, which was, of course, his last year of his first term. And then obviously the second term that he started before he was assassinated. Like, you know, like uh, it's it's actually a apparently it's, it's it's taken from it was taken from a letter that grant wrote to i can't remember who he wrote it to but they popped that line into the movie lincoln you know where daniel day lewis plays lincoln and the character of the plays ulysses as grant and him are sitting like this is you know the surrender's coming like within days and everything like that and they're talking about how like how some of the stuff will be handled and Grant looks at Grant looks at Lincoln and says, "Man, like you know, by all accounts, you've aged ten years
1: in the last year." Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah, that was Jared Harris. Yeah, that played uh, Grant. Yeah, that was that. That film was really, I mean, it was a really well done film. Uh, but um, one of my favorites in in, in favorite recent films. years. In recent years, I'd say the one that was the most striking for me was president obama obama yeah a thousand percent he he aged he he just seemed like such a young man when he when he took office and then when he left office he yeah i mean he's he didn't look broken down but he was just so obviously aged and and just worn out mentally
0: well him and both him and w both man went gray
1: yeah they they went in
0: they went in with color in their hair and they came out gray you know yeah uh Clinton too Clinton had you know he had some he had some salt and pepper but like it was it was all salt by the time he was done man
1: yeah um not 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 Ronnie Reagan though he had that 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 jet black uh yeah. you know br- brill cream you know because he just he he wanted that look you know but
0: um I don't know if his look but Cause he, and man he survived longer than anybody else after their presidency but Jim Jimmy Carter like like you could hear it like in you could hear it in some of his speeches yeah and stuff like from the very beginning of his presidency to the end of his presidency just so worn out
1: mhm- just so worn out. Well, yeah. so much, so much shit went down. I mean, every president goes through shit, but so much shit went down was when Carter was in office.
0: Yeah, the in economy 70, tanked. Seventy-six
1: and... to nineteen eighty. I mean, the inflation rates and interest rates and the Iran hostage crisis and everything going on in the Middle East and and I mean, just the stuff the stuff he went through. It was that was tough, man. Oh man. It was so bad. Like
0: I mean he I mean, God God loved Jimmy Carter because he did more outside of his presidency than any other president in history. And yeah, a lot of that had to do with how long he survived afterwards, but that guy did so much, man. I mean he he yeah. I mean, yeah, he was a better non president than he was president. For sure. Yeah, I
1: agree. I agree. You know. I yeah. think he liked it better being being a yeah. citizen, he liked being president.
0: Yeah, definitely, man. It's like, I can just go build houses. This sounds great.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: Like, you know, and I know he, that some presidents brought him in, like Clinton brought him in, even uh, Herbert Walker Bush, the first Bush, brought him in to, you know, a couple of, uh, a couple of st- key strategy sessions and stuff like that to talk about, just like foreign affairs and things like that, that yeah. he was really had a key hand in and i think that was that was like his bag man. he's just like the old guard of like hey man i i got a few tricks left up my sleeve i don't have to i don't have to do everything i can just just play the part yeah so good stuff man yeah matthew brady dude fantastic uh i've got my uh my sister gave me a chris uh for a christmas present one year she gave me a, a coffee table book of some of his portraits dudes oh yeah man he took some Great pictures, man, of some very, very important people. It was really cool. Like he captured some cool moments. That battle in Tatum is one of them for sure, which is great. Yeah. Well, awesome. Well, that was our presidential tribute segment, which is always brought to you by United Cigars, featuring Loggiano Havana, distributors of Jose Dominguez, Bandolero, Garoffalo, Firecracker, and the highly acclaimed Adabate Byron. And now Alfonso Lines from Selected Tobacco. Smoke once a day and start living united. Um, So, I know it's November, but I wanted to carry this over one more week uh, into November. Um, We did, you know, this is my third year of launching the segment of charities um, that we do each week. And for the entire month of October, we did Canines for Warriors. Uh, I'm doing it for a, a, a fifth and final week here on November 5th. Canines for Warriors will be uh, is what we're trying to spotlight. It's a great organization, guys. If you guys haven't heard from it, I'll put I'll put it in the chat here in a minute and go to the show notes. Uh it's a fantastic organization that I've been involved with uh, for a number of years now. Um absolutely love the cause. They do great work and they're uh they're incredible. So um uh, Matt's donated to them in the past, but if you feel so called, go like I said, we'll we'll post it here in the chat and you can also do it in the show notes as well. Um, but it's a it's a great organization. So
1: Yeah, I've uh, uh, really enjoyed what they do, and and I learned about the organization from you, Bear, and I have um, uh, given to them a few times, and I encourage anybody to uh, give what they can.
0: Awesome. Well, let's kind of get back into it here. Um, Again, I really do appreciate everyone for uh, tuning in tonight. We've got a few more topics of discussion, so back to um um just we covered the, the the trade show kind of a little bit but this is a this is a special time of year but before we kind of get into some notable cigars for the year and stuff like that too matt you know there there's been there there been some changes obviously to how about that cigar you know your coverage style is a little bit different um you're you know you're a normal co-host for uh you know, the last few years had, you know, he had changed, changed roles and he actually had a, you know, he actually had a, he actually had a job at the trade show. He couldn't go walking around covering the trade show for how about that cigar. He was, he was helping man a, a booth, um, himself. So he, uh, um, that was a little bit different for you. How did you manage the, 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 the twist and everything? I know you guys have had a producer for a number of years and he does a fantastic job and, uh, Mr. Lawler. I'm forgetting his oh, name. Yeah. I promise. Um, he's done a fantastic job. So I know he was he was by your side all this time. And I, I saw you did some incredible interviews. Um, but how did that kind of change the dynamic, you know, when you're used to doing this as a duo and now you had to you kind of had to handle it as a single?
1: Well, it's it's really not um the, the change wasn't drastic when it comes to trade show coverage. Um, you know, Justin and I uh just put together our lists. Um, this was the first year that I actually, uh, was proactive before the trade show started and scheduled a bunch of interviews beforehand, instead of just sort of, you know, doing the walk up, uh, randomly, you know, at somebody's booth, you know, saying hi and things like that. I, I try to schedule as much as possible this year. Um, but the we really didn't cover as much as we wanted to at this past trade show um because what we found was we were getting really um we were just really getting into conversation it was kind of organic we were getting into conversation with people before and after the the cameras went live uh, or the camera started recording and because of that we we spent a lot of time conversing with the people that we were with um before and after recording and then we realized oh man we're we we're not making it to as many booths as we want to make it to yet at the same time although we long we still desire to do as much coverage as possible we were okay with the fact that we didn't because we had a goal number in mind of how many interviews we want to do, how many booths we want to do interviews at. And we did not hit that goal number, but we came pretty close. And we're okay with that uh, because uh, this was, you know, we're moving more in the direction of pre-recording videos and editing them later and posting them later instead of going live from a smartphone through StreamYard, which I mean it's great to be first, you know, and be live right there from the trade show floor. But the fact is, when you're going live from a smartphone, you're at the mercy of either the cellular network God or me. you're at the mercy of the Wi-Fi network at God. the at the at the venue. And the the streaming host services, they always downgrade the audio. So the audio ends up sounding tinny and just not pleasant. So we said, we're, I just wasn't happy with the quality. So I said, we're going to pre-record in 4k and we're going to post afterwards. And it's been, it's gone well the last couple of years. Um, Now the personnel change, you know, early August, um, You know, some things went down that weren't in my control, weren't, you know, really not related whatsoever to how about that cigar. And, you know, um, Garrett and I had a conversation and to this day, Garrett and I, I still love that man dearly. He's a brother to me. He's more than just a friend. He's a brother. And I want nothing but the best for him and everything that he does in his life but it was just i i made a decision to to make a change for the personnel at how about that cigar and um there's no uh, in there was no animosity whatsoever and yeah. um then you know, Raul Ramos, who is the new co-host of How About That Cigar Live, he's been a friend of the show for years. He was yeah. actually the first year that we covered cigars and baseball. Uh, Garrett couldn't be at cigars and baseball because he um, he had a scheduling conflict. And Raul stepped up and said, I'd be happy to help out. And and I said, yeah, awesome. So he was actually like the co-host at our coverage of Cigars and Baseball in 2021. And, you know, he's been a good friend ever since. And um, when things happened in early August, I talked to Raul and I said, hey, can you pinch hit? And, you know, we got a show coming up. Can you pinch hit? And he said, I'd be happy to. And he came in and, um, you know, he did a number of shows and he's he's getting better every time he's i think he does a great job and because he's he's genuinely curious um you know he really wants to know people's stories and he really wants to know about how how the tobacco is processed and how it's grown and the and all the stuff that goes into growing and growing the tobacco packaging the cigars marketing the cigars selling the cigars and then of course the enjoyment the enjoyment of the scars which is first and foremost um and raul's done a fantastic job um and I'm, we're grateful to have him on the team justin is an incredible producer uh does such a great job behind the scenes you know justin doesn't get enough um uh, attention because you know the behind the scenes people never do uh but he he actually makes the show happen you know, d- the the yeah. show would not happen without Justin, uh, and 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 that that's not only true of our weekly Monday night show. That's also true of our trade show coverage. I mean, he 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 keeps me focused when I get caught up in conversations with people, and Justin's like, "Hey, we got to be over here, yeah. or we got to keep moving, or what?" He keeps me, you know, he keeps me focused and and he keeps me level and all that stuff, and. Um, I'm very excited for the team we have right now and excited for what the future is going to bring. And it's 2023 has been a great year. It's been a crazy year. Some weird stuff has definitely happened, but it overall from a, from a, just the standpoint of the, of the business of how about that cigar, it's been a good year and 2024 is shaping up to be even better. And it's, it's exciting. And we, we can't wait to see what's next.
0: Yeah, you, you kind of got ahead of me there, too. I mean, I was going to ask you about the personal change on the show side, too. I just meant going solo at the show. But, like, I mean, again, garrett, Garrett's garrett been around since the very beginning. I mean, I remember the test pilot that you sent to me with the two of you guys. And, like, it was, you know, it was really great to see you guys grow the brand, you know, to where it's, where it's at and everything. And, obviously, it gave him several opportunities as well inside the industry, which was terrific for him. Um, You know, that had to be, again, you know, Matt, I'm not asking for details here or anything like that, but that had to be, I know that that was a tough decision for you. um, And I know that had to be really hard on you personally. Um, But, you know, as as far as that, that, that weight's concerned, I mean, you know, I, I really think it was fabulous for you to be able to bring in Raul um, kind of last minute, kind of, but kind of how it's organically changed the show in a, in a different way. Like it's not better, it's not worse, it's just different. And I think that's what's really can be really dangerous about when you enter a new dynamic and everything. But you guys seem to you seem to make it work really well. Like it's it's a different show with Raúl. Uh, and again, not better, not worse, it's just different. And like you said, when you someone's genuinely curious, and I that's something I picked on right away too. So it's it's funny that you mentioned it. When someone's genuinely curious. It makes for, it, it makes for a fantastic conversation. Um, yeah. But it also makes for a
1: really entertaining one as well. So. Yeah. Well, and Raul is also great because he pretty much from the get go uh, and, and he, he does this, he did it a lot at first, but he still does it pretty regularly where he'll come to me. He he'll go back and he'll watch and, or listen to the shows. Yeah. And he's critical of himself. He'll say, Oh man, I, I, I messed up this part. Or what do you think if I, should I have not asked this question in this way or, or then for upcoming shows, he'll say, what do you think about asking so-and-so this question or, or, you know, something along those lines. He's really, he really wants to get, um, uh, he wants to improve the show. He wants to improve the way he uh, functions as part of the team. And I mean, you just can't ask for anything more than that, than somebody who not only wants to be there, which he does, but he also wants to be a better contributor to how about that scar? And so do I, I mean, I, I want to, I want to do a better job myself every week and for uh, for us to be able open with each other myself and raul and justin and say okay what what do we need to do to get better what do we need to do to improve um who are some people we haven't had on the show before that we really need to have on the show um who's somebody we haven't had on in ages that that we need to have on again um all those things that go into it and um, yeah, it's a di- it's a different dynamic. Obviously, anytime you you add a new person to the show, it's a different dynamic. but it's um that doesn't mean the show is different. It just means it's got a little bit different feel. and but I think it's going really well, and we're really happy with the way that things are progressing and man, it's just it, it, things are things are just really looking like they're they're going to continue to improve for us
0: yeah um do you think that it like again when you were when you did the trade show coverage this year you know it was just you and justin again justin's been with you for a couple of years now like you said but everyone's known you as the face or the partial face of how about that cigar so it was different like um are do you plan on doing a tandem coverage too or do you plan are you thinking about splitting up
1: the coverage team between you and Raul um i we've we've talked about it and i've thought about it and it really comes down to whether or not we can afford in march to bring a fourth person with us if we can afford to bring a fourth person with us i trust that we can have, um, like, we can have, because essentially it's going to be me doing the interviews and Raul doing, <coughs> excuse me, Raul doing the interviews as well. So we would, we would basically want to bring a fourth person with us to be a uh, cameraman number two, essentially. Got it. And producer number two. So we would have um probably just because justin's really experienced i would want to have justin with raul and have those guys be a team and then me and uh you know the, another the producer FNG. slash cameraman and that way we could cover more we could we could hit as many booths as possible and Um, have more content to get out there to the cigar community who wants to, to learn about it. And if, if we're unable to get that fourth person, um, whether it's from a standpoint of we just can't find the right person or there's not enough money available to bring a fourth person um, on the trip from plane tickets to hotel rooms, to meals and all that stuff. um, Then the three of us will just stick together and raul and i will alternate um and you know there will be some people he interviews and some people that i interview maybe even some that we interview together
0: great well fantastic well um i think we've kind of beat this topic a little bit to death but so just shifting gears here a little bit you know this is uh you know the you know this is a this is a very special time of year this is where people start you know gearing up for list season right everybody's list your list my list cigar aficionado of course you know so it's it's uh it's a it's a really cool time of year um that i really like a lot of people get droned on by it, you know um but i i think it's fantastic i think you know everybody's countdown is really unique it's really cool and I really enjoy seeing, like, what people
1: really smoke. So
0: not trying to, like, get you to tip your hand here or anything. Like, are you guys going to be doing a top 10, top 25 list this year?
1: Uh, yeah, we are. We'll be doing a top 10 list. Uh, like, we have. We've have, we've never done a top 25 list because uh, we don't really review enough cigars to warrant that. But we'll do a top 10 list. Uh, that'll be the f- late in the first week or second week of, of January. Um, and yeah, it's, there's, and we don't do things like, like some media outlets will only do cigars that were released in the calendar year. We don't do that. You know, we'll it's, it's, we don't go back super far, but typically if it's, um, if it's within the last year or two, It then the cigar will be eligible for the list, but it will the review has to be published on how about that cigar during the 2023 calendar year. So even if it's a cigar, like I just posted a review of a cigar this week that released last year, I just didn't have a time to publish this review yet. So that's that cigar even though it was released last year it's eligible it's possible for it to be eligible for the 2023 cigar of the year list for us because the review was published in this calendar year so that's (laughs) that's sort of how our process works
0: yeah we've i've got a different approach i got a larger window approach to similar to Coops. so like some older cigars make uh you know potentially make an appearance on the on the you know, when I say older, like, yeah, a year or two release, there are a couple that slip by that, like, I just never, cause like one of my criteria is like, I have had to have had smoked the cigar for the very first time in the last 18 months. So, yeah. um, You know, so uh, essentially, so that, that means, you know, yeah, cigars released in that time, pretty going to be well dominating, but everyone, every so often there's a cigar that I've haven't smoked. That's been released for a couple of years. Uh The Rocky Patel, uh, that i had on my top 10 list not uh, two years ago you know um was you know shoot i think it's been on the market for like seven or eight years so yeah
1: yeah and i i i applaud everybody's list anybody who puts in the work to put out <coughs> a list, you know you you know what a list is a lot of work yeah and i applaud anybody who puts out a list and Everybody is allowed to use whatever criteria they see fit for their list. As far as I'm concerned, they can, they can put a, if somebody wants to put a cigar on their list, you know, that was released 15 years ago, go for it. As far as I'm concerned, I don't really care.
0: Yeah. Cigar aficionado does some older cigars. Cigar snob does too, you know, cigar journal. So like some of these periodicals uh, have cigars that are, that are older sometimes on there, which is interesting. Like the Lubin 1922 uh, box press that m- my father won with a few years ago, like it, it had been on the market for like I think four years at that point, because yeah. it actually won, it actually secured a top twenty-five spot four years earlier in the top twenty-five in its inaugural release. Yeah, same cigar, right? So, um, I found that I found that interesting. Um, so uh, the. So in on on that thought here like what are some of the what are some of the preliminary smokes again I'm not trying to get you to tip your hand here Matt but like what are some of the cigars that you've smoked you know from you know from this year's trade show that like let's just use that as a caveat or like just in general like the past year that you've really enjoyed that yeah. you can see making waves not necessarily on your own list again I don't want you to tip your hand but like on other lists as well <laughs>
1: Yeah, I'll, honestly, this year's trade show is an easy answer. I have barely started smoking the cigars from this year's trade show because uh, a few reasons. Well, one was the busy, the, a lot of busyness that came along with uh, changing personnel and and, and some changes. At how about that cigar? And that took a lot of time to behind the scenes to get get going. Um, so I didn't really have a lot of time for cigar reviews. I mean, there was a, I, I, I published a cigar review like a week ago. And that was the first cigar review I had published since May or June. Um, that I took a long time off from publishing reviewed cigars. Um,
0: well, post-production of the show, man. I mean, you did, how many interviews did you guys do?
1: uh 43
0: yeah that
1: yeah Ben and
0: Coop spend so much time doing that
1: yeah because you have you have to you have to edit the videos and you have to work with your sponsor to get video stuff from them to put a little splash ad at the beginning then you edit your own video and then you have to make artwork thumbnail for every video and it there's and you have to it's there's a lot that goes into it so it's not just like getting the video on your memory card and then posting it later there's way more that goes into it than that um but so i still i so i have a a very dedicated list for the next two months that i'm going to be working very hard on getting stuff smoked and reviewed and done plus stuff from March and April that I've already reviewed and have all the notes for. I just haven't published yet. So, uh, but from this year, you know, stuff that I haven't reviewed yet, but I have smoked from the trade show um, or even from releases earlier this year, um, stuff that I've enjoyed, the The Suma from Ferry Otego, I was very pleased with that cigar.
0: Very good cigar.
1: Um, if I'm able to... If I'm able to review it and actually do a full review and publish it before the calendar year's over, it's very possible we could see that one on our list. Um, some of the stuff from Foundation, uh, the Olmec, and I haven't I haven't uh, reviewed the new stuff from this year's trade show, uh, but it's it's on my list for the next couple months. Um. The oh gosh. Um. Now we don't do a lot as far as putting like super limited edition stuff on our list, but the the Davidoff Year the Rabbit was outstanding. I thought.
0: Oh, you enjoyed that cigar, huh?
1: Yeah, I really did enjoy that cigar a lot. Um, more than more than some others, but I I thought it was one of the better. Uh. Year of cigars that Davidoff has put out in the last few years. Um, and man, I'm trying to think. Uh, the I really enjoyed the Lavaretta from Crown oh, Heads,
0: it's a very good cigar,
1: yeah. Very. Um, I really liked the Postania Connecticut,
0: that was amazing too.
1: Um, I what'd really you think liked- of the
0: Volstead? Did you smoke the Volstead?
1: The Volstead. I've smoked two of the sizes so far and I am a big fan of that cigar. I really enjoy it a lot. Now I I have, I I do have a couple of the, the Quinquaginario, but I haven't smoked it yet. Um, cause I've been just, there's, I have to keep things kind of on a tight schedule smoking wise. Um, and the, uh, I thought the I thought the the Drew Estate release the M81 the Black m 81 I I think it's a good cigar. I don't know if we're going to see that cigar on a lot of lists, but I do I do think it's a good cigar that um you know, I for whatever reason I don't know if that cigar is going to be like a consensus uh top 10 it might make consensus top 25 but not yeah. consensus top 10 um i think the, too much
0: time has passed you know how like a lot yeah. of these lists are like don't go back like we do a lot of them are just like really yeah. super relevant like super super relevant stuff
1: i think the Papasaka is outstanding um uh, and
0: 100% as, agree
1: i think the Papasaka has a, has the a chance to make a lot of lists this year. Um, and I mean, it's warranted. It's a really, really good cigar.
0: Way better than the Saka Con. I, I don't, I like the Papa Saka a lot.
1: Personally for me, I love the Saka Khan, but the Papa Saka is genuinely better in my, mm. for my palate.
0: I, it to me, it almost tastes like two different cigars. Like, I think I, like I can taste some of the similar notes and things like that. But for me, yes. that's, like, two different cigar experiences. And uh, obviously, so, like, the Vitolas itself obviously make for a different experience. But I just think, it, like, it, it's an entirely different experience. Yeah. yeah. I really dug the Saka. I thought it was great. Or, excuse me, the Papa Saka. Like, I thought it was really good.
1: Yeah. Um, and it's, it's an example of how, um, you know, Saka really has made very different cigars you know if you look at his portfolio there are so many things that smoke so different and Mm -hmm. have truly just completely polar opposite flavor profiles right and that's for 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 people like us who like to smoke all kinds of different cigars that's a great thing because we just can't you know it gets it does get tiring when you when you just smoke stuff that it tastes the same over and over again. Now I will say this one I I haven't done like the final tally of numbers yet because I still have a lot of cigars left to review but I do the numbers every year sort of on average this and that. I think our average total score this year is going to be lower than it has been in previous years. Like I think last year's average total score was like eighty nine something or other. This year it might even be like eighty eight, right? Because wow. I mean we we've just had some cigar score score lower this year.
0: Yeah, I think the um, like for for me this year the coming out of the trade show and stuff, I was very I was left very with a couple of the stats we've already mentioned. Perdomo thirtieth was another one. uh, Selected Tobacco really did some great stuff with the Atta Bay and Byron and stuff. Um, Of course, course Alfonso. Um, I think, like, overall, though, like, I was really left wanting at this year's show. Like, it just, like, nothing really, like, blew me away on the trade show floor. And I've smoked some cigars since, and they are very good. Um, But, you know. Like usually I'll have one or two cigars on the trade show floor. I'm like, oh damn, this hits. Yeah. This is gonna be it. And yeah, I just didn't see it. You know, thankfully a lot of retailers disagreed with me on this point, but it was like to me, I just felt like it was just very lacking from years past, like in terms of the quality of cigars, like overall, as a general like a general consensus.
1: Yeah, this year. I smoked less on the trade show floor than I ever had at a at a trade show, ever. Uh, I mean, I think I was averaging one and a half cigars a day, which is unheard of on a trade show. Usually it's, you know, eight. Yeah. And I was hardly smoking at all.
0: Well, when you do a lot of the talking, Matt, it's really hard, man. I carried the same around yeah. cigar for like several booths. I would light up several times trying to get it going and stuff. But yeah. the overwhelming the, the sense of and and this is this is goes into it. Like I really wasn't wowed, but like it uh, just a lot of the cigars I smoked had gotten Vegas.
1: That's a like, good way to put it. That's like a they good just way got They it. just
0: got Vegas, man. Like you can't you can't smoke out there, dude. I mean the the i mean this is why nick nick we we had this conversation with nick malillo last week this is why he specifically says like don't smoke his shit like it's just not ready it's not there you know yeah i'm shocked how well the suma smoked considering not only was it in vegas but he had spent an extra day in like Mm -hmm. a freaking 200 degree like (laughs) ups container yeah like i'm surprised they smoked as well as they did so like there's just a lot of cigars that were just left wanting, in my opinion. It was just like so it left me overall feeling wanting yeah. left me in this trade show. It just wasn't there. Like they just didn't hit. So yeah. but some good stuff, man. All right. Well, um, going into some final questions for the evening here, man. We got some fun segments. Like I said, this is the this or that segment. Pretty rapid fire. You know, we just give you two things and you pick between the two. So some are cigar related, some are obviously not cigar related. So uh let's let's get started. Let's start with uh some let's start with an easy food one here. So would you rather have cookies or brownies?
1: Oh man, that's not nice. That's not a nice question. That's for a fat guy like me. That's oh, that's tricky. Um all right. So this is like you have to choose one. You gotta of, choose one, man. Okay. Um all right, so I have to choose cookies or brownies.
0: Yeah, think about it. desert island, man. You got to be on it. Like,
1: you I, to. I am gonna go with. I'm gonna go with brownies. Um, corner yeah, piece, the, go
0: ahead, right? You got go to go the corner.
1: It's brother. You are you are speaking my language. It's got to be corner piece, and it's got to be it's got because you have some people who make the brownies with more eggs. So they're, they have more of a cake like texture and I'm the other end of the spectrum. I need those brownies that have more, more oil and less eggs and have a more fudgy kind of dense, chewy characteristic. And it's gotta be a corner piece all day long and nothing in it. I don't have, I, I, I'm I don't, hate brownies with nuts in them but i'm a purist i want to i just want that pure just so unnecessary experience yeah yeah
0: well i I think you know this about me and i know my audience says like i'm allergic to chocolate so like brownies are obviously off the table Uh, yeah yeah it's the the dessert the dessert world kind of sucks, like at restaurants and stuff like that. I get to have cheesecake everywhere I go. That's pretty much like the only thing that everybody makes at like restaurants that doesn't have chocolate. Like every fucking dessert like I go to it's either that or creme brulee, right? Which yeah. I like both. But I'm just I'm not I mean, it's okay. I'm not really a dessert person anyway. But like um, you know, but most bra- you know, most cookies now like people put chocolate in it. It's like not enough. Like now it's peanut butter and chocolate. It's like you know, now it's oatmeal raisin and chocolate. It's like, man, just can I have an oatmeal raisin cookie, man? Can can I have that? Like, it's yeah. it's a it's a. But um, so this is well, kind I'm, of tough.
1: I'm one of those weird people that I actually, I actually don't care for chocolate chip cookies. And I love chocolate, but I don't care for chocolate chip cookies. Um, if if I had to choose one cookie, uh, for the rest of my whole life, it's gonna be oatmeal raisin and. Period. Yeah, I
0: like oatmeal raisin. I love snickerdoodles. Oh, love the, dude. yes. Love them.
1: Molasses cookies.
0: Mm, very good. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I'm all about mm. that. Man. But it's usually so rare that I can have a cookie, even. Yeah. Um, Carrot cake's my jam. That's my birthday cake every year is a carrot cake. Fucking love carrot
1: cake. Oh, yeah. Oh, so yeah. good.
0: Um, Cool. Well, Uh, That was the first question. These are supposed to be rapid fire, so let's go with... uh, No, it's my fault. I just went off a tangent. Pants or shorts?
1: Well, I'm going to say shorts because I love hot weather. Cool.
0: All right. Indiana Jones or Star Wars?
1: Indiana Jones.
0: Whoa. I know. That that threw me. Whoa, 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 whoa. That threw me.
1: Are you kidding me? Really? serious. I'm serious. It's
0: snap. It's,
1: so I'm a you. You know, I'm a fellow nerd. I love nerd stuff. I love nerd culture. But when I look at the movies, when I when I see the universe that surrounds the movies, there's a character that I would want to that I would want to be. I would th- there's no character in the Star Wars universe that I would rather be than Indiana Jones. I want I would want to be Indiana Jones. So that's why.
0: Nice. OK. What would you think of the last one? The most didn't see one? It. you haven't seen it yet?
1: No, here's why short. I'll give a short answer because I know it's like lightning round. So I didn't see. I also did not see Kingdom of the Crystal Skull because I heard it was horrifyingly bad.
0: Oh, it was. And I don't
1: I don't want to ruin the Indiana Jones universe in my brain by watching a substandard Indiana Jones movie that ruins the franchise. Yeah. So I will never uh, and mark my words, the day will never come that I watch Kingdom of the Crystal Skull or whatever this new one is called. I have no gotcha. idea what it's called. It's good. I will, never, I will never watch it.
0: Yeah, this most recent one was good.
1: But... Because I, I cannot ruin the Indiana Jones universe in my head.
0: Gotcha. Miguel Rocha says I'm a psychopath for liking carrot cake. That's interesting. I haven't heard that oh, one car- before.
1: Carrot cake is fantastic. Cream yeah. cheese frosting. I mean, yeah. still warm out of the oven? Come on. Yeah,
0: it's totally good. Mm. Um. All right. So... Um, okay, so this is a this is a pretty easy one. Maduro or Connecticut Shade?
1: Connecticut Shade.
0: V-cut or punch?
1: Can I say neither?
0: I know. That's my answer. But yeah, <laughs> V-cut or punch? You got to answer.
1: I'll say V-cut if I have to choose one. Yeah, definitely
0: V-cut. I, I don't do a punch, man. I'll do yeah. a punch on a chisel, man, because that's the way Alito Gomez showed me how to do it. So like, hey, man, when you when rum, you
1: yeah. Honestly, if the only if the only cutter available is a punch, I'm just tearing off the cap with my thumbnail. Thousand percent. Yeah.
0: Thousand percent. All right. So would you rather wear socks, one pair of socks for an entire month or a pair of underwear for an entire week? Oh. Socks for a month, one pair of socks for a month or a pair of underwear
1: for a week. I, uh, uh, socks for a month. Yeah. That's easy for for
0: me. That's easy. I, yeah. (laughs) Considering like wearing a pair of underwear two days in a row is disgusting to me. I can't (laughs) imagine a week.
1: Oh, That's too much. I, I don't, I don't want to think about either, but yeah. Gross.
0: (laughs) All right. Um, would you, speaking of, speaking of socks, socks or bare feet? around the
1: house uh bare feet because again I like hot weather and when it's when it's summertime just walking around inside the house not, nothing on my feet it's heaven
0: yeah I always wear socks that's why like so many of my socks end up with holes
1: in them even when it's 100 degrees out
0: absolutely dude I don't like feet oh. like yeah I'll I wear socks all the time all the no time. I can't
1: I cannot stand being a bare feet outside I absolutely hate it but yeah. inside bare feet all day yeah
0: all right uh camping or
1: glamping uh camping yeah real deal wilderness camping light load. yeah glamping is for families and instagram models
0: there you go all right so would you rather have Danny DeVito or Danny Trejo play you in a movie.
1: Oh. Oh, I got to go to Trejo. Yeah. yeah. I got to go Trejo. Yeah. Um dude is dude is awesome. I'd love I would be Trejo. Play. Yeah.
0: So cool. Uh okay, so here's the last one. Would you rather have skin that changes Colors based on all of your emotions or full body tattoos that change daily showing what you did
1: yesterday. Oh, <laughs> uh, I'm going to go with the skin that changes colors. For probably two reasons. A One, I don't want people knowing what I did yesterday. Uh Two, <laughs> two, I wear my emotions on my sleeve anyway, so it really wouldn't be a whole lot different. <laughs> wouldn't be a whole lot different.
0: Yeah. Man. Oh, God, dude. That's terrifying. No, the tattoo never. Qu- the, the tattoo question is terrifying. Just like. Never. Like, everyone knows what time you took a shit. Like, just like. To say nothing yeah. of like your wife's dignity, <laughs> like if, yeah, like I you guys, if you guys did something together, I like, I don't know, man. Like
1: nobody wants to know. Nobody wants to know what I did yesterday. Yeah. nobody,
0: nobody. So <laughs> awesome, cool. All right, well, <laughs> was our this or that segment? Let's go into a couple more sponsored segments. This one is, of course, sponsored by uh, Pastania Cigars. It's everybody eats. If you always make sure that your servant's towel is bigger than your appetite, everybody will always get theirs. Pastania Cigars is more than just great cigars made by cool people. They embody an attitude of gratitude and grit. With Pastaña, everybody eats. So Matt, this obviously is based around food. So um, what is your... Thanksgiving's coming up, obviously, but what is your very best experience of eating with other people?
1: Wow. That is... Fucking fantastic question oh my god what a great question um, I'm going to go with the first thing that came to mind and it honestly revol- kind of goes back to the camping question um, my wife and I have a friend from college which was a really long time ago and but we've camped together um, for many, many years. Mm. I mean, the first time, the first time we camped together was, I want to say, 2000. And we, we've hardly ever missed a, a year. And this is like carrying gear into the wilderness and camping kind of thing. And, But we always pick one night when we make a nice steak dinner on the campfire. So we're talking potatoes and asparagus and and ribeyes. And even though we're out and there's bugs everywhere and but those those experiences with him and my wife are just the greatest things that they're the best meals because we truly enjoy every we savor every bite because of the environment that we're in a lot of times it'll be a beautiful night out and there's stars in the sky because we camp in places where there's no light pollution so you can actually see the stars love it and um you know usually it's by a lake somewhere so there's the water and the moonlight and it's just those experiences have been the best and a ribeye cooked over a fire outdoors is you know another just magical thing uh so those those experiences are definitely the best uh food uh food experiences for me
0: Awesome man, um, man, there's God, there's something just. I cook steak all the time in the house, man. But there's something about steak on a charcoal grill that still, for me, just hits. Like I'll I'll go to a steakhouse, let them broil the shit out of it, you know. Yeah. You know. Grill it like, but man, there's something so good
1: about it, just like
0: on a charcoal grill that you own, man. Yeah. So like,
1: or camping or everything. So. Do you guys real, do it like at a cat
0: cast iron pan like in the fire That's that's how you do it
1: yeah so we'll uh yeah we'll make build a campfire and then if if it's one of the campsites that has uh like if it's a a national forest service campsite they put a uh fire ring with a cast iron grate over it and we'll just set we'll build the fire and then set a cast iron uh right on there and, oh, nice. and cook the cook the steaks right in, right there. Uh, other times, we've actually taken the steaks and put them right on the coals. Nice. Love which that, too. Like the cave, caveman style. There you go. And it's just, it's all good.
0: Love it. Fantastic, man. Well, that was our Everybody Eats sp- segment sponsored by Pastania Cigars. If you always make sure that your appetite, uh, your servant's towel is bigger than your appetite, everybody will always get theirs. Postania cigars is more than just great cigars made by cool people they embody an attitude of gratitude and grit with pastnia everybody eats so you've done this next segment a couple of times Matt um and this is of course um, our you know our uh, asylum segment which is refuge is more than just a physical place it can be a state of mind some of life's greatest reflections can be found in our own personal asylum moments like these were made for asylum cigars so light up an asylum and choose your refuge so matt you've done this before but like what we'd like to look for in this in this particular segment is a, a time where again we, we talked a lot about this tonight you and i obviously are part of a community um you know it's, it's cigars are community driven right we're always smoking with people that's what makes that's what the allure is but every so often we have the opportunity to smoke a cigar just by ourselves could be in celebration of something could be just a moment of solitude. Um, contemplating something you know so what was the most recent time that you can think of where it was just you and the cigar and what was that cigar if you can remember and what was the moment about
1: oh that's a great question I don't I don't take enough opportunities to do that where I light up a cigar by myself and I just And I turn off all my electronics and I put away the books and I just smoke and think and reflect. I really don't do that nearly as often as I should. Um, but it was, um, it fortunately was only a few weeks ago. Um, another camping experience up in Northern Minnesota and Um, fall fishing in a lake in the absolute middle of nowhere no cell service no no towns nearby no houses on the lake uh you have to hike in and put a canoe in the water and paddle over find a place to camp and fish during the day and and sit around the campfire at night and have some food and um And I was with somebody, but, you know, he and I have camped together a bunch of times and we, we both appreciate the solitude of the campfire and the solitude of these, these wilderness places. And so, you know, after we eat that night, you know, the sun's gone down and I light up, uh, it was, it was a Hoya black Toro. And it was just one of those great experiences. I lit up the cigar and sitting there, you know, drinking a beer and, you know, occasionally, you know, one of us would say something, but for the most part, it's just silence. We're just looking at the stars. We're looking at the ripples on the water and looking at the the fire and, you know, grab another log, throw it on the fire. And that was it. There's just nothing else going on. You can occasionally hear a loon call in the background or you hear a, a wolf. Loon. A loon, yeah. Or you hear a wolf way off in the distance. Um, hopefully way off in the distance. And and that's it. And those experiences, like I said, they're far too rare. I think everybody, myself included, needs to take more of those times where we shut everything off. No electronics not watching anybody's podcast we're not you know playing angry birds or whatever we shut everything off we just light the cigar and we stare into the burning embers of a fire or we stare at the stars or whatever and just think about our life think about who we are what we what we can do better what we can you know what our place in this world is where we come from where we're going And I need to do it more. And I think we could all benefit from that. Love it.
0: And that, of course, was our Asylum Moments sponsored by Asylum Cigars. Refuge is more than just a physical place. It can be a state of mind. Some of life's greatest reflections can be found in our own personal asylum. Moments like these were made for Asylum Cigars. Light up an asylum and choose your refuge. Just to kind of build on that before we go into the next segment, man. Like, I think that, I I think the, that's why I really, really like this segment is because every once in a while you get, you get to really cool story, but it's, it's nice to take that time for yourself. Like you said, turn off the stuff, you know, and everything like I, you know, I got my kids all the time and you know, and I've got these podcasts and I've got work and, you know, like, like you said, it's just so life is so crazy that it's not even, not even necessarily about the cigar. It's just like taking that time for yourself. Yeah. And we're lucky because we're, we're cigar smokers. So we, we get to have the perfect, perfect accompaniment to a quiet time. Yeah. Where we don't really need anything else. Like we can be, and and it is
1: for for, and it for those of us who, also write about or cover cigars and review cigars it's it's about not purposely not reviewing the cigar forgetting about everything in 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 a weird way and and it's going to sound weird but also forgetting the cigar just thinking about the smoke and seeing the smoke rise up, looking at the stars, looking at the fire, looking at the ripples on the water, watching the leaves on the trees, and just thinking about your life and just processing where you are in the world and and what your part is in it. And and for me personally, what, what can I do better uh, tomorrow and the day after that? And I I do it far too rarely and i i need to do it more so that i can just be um just more just be a better a better dude and a better member of the of the world and member of the cigar community and better father to my kids better husband to my wife and and all that and even even if the cigar is not there Taking those moments, I think it's important, but it does make the moment way better with a cigar. (laughs) Absolutely.
0: So you finished the four kicks. What did you light up? Uh what did you light up for your second cigar of the night?
1: Oh yeah. So I I dug deep for this one and this is from so this is the Padrone Black, but this is a special one that was only in the 2018 box of cigars given to attendees of the uh Pearl Sabor Nicaraguan Cigar Festival.
0: Oh, nice. Nice. Very nice. And
1: it is absolutely delicious even after I don't know, what is it? Five five years. Yeah. So, delicious cigar.
0: Nice. Fantastic. Well, we are here. It's our final question of the evening. Matt, And of course, it is always our Dunbarton Tobacco and Trust curveball segment. Fastballs or curveballs? It doesn't matter since the company's inception. Steve Sock has been knocking them out of the park eight consecutive years in the consensus top three. Congratulations to our good friend, Mr. Steve Sock. Calling in now, it's going to be nine years. I believe Papa Sock will be in the consensus top three. I'm calling it now. It's calling it early. Just saying. It's going to happen. So uh, if I'm wrong, though, that'll be really funny, but not really. But I just I'd be shocked that didn't happen. So
1: it'll be in the top one.
0: Yeah, you think it'll be you think it will be the cigar?
1: I think so. Yeah.
0: Nice. All right. So here's my curveball segment for you, Matt. All right. So. Let's say you get a call. To. To. You get a call from the Green Bay Packers. They say, "Matt, we've got, we've got tickets for you for the opening day of the season against the Minnesota Vikings. Right there on the right there on the fifty prime position, everything like that." But you can only bring one person that's not related to you. Who do you bring? There's a three, this is a three part question. So this is the first one. You can only bring one person that's not related to you. Who are you bringing?
1: Not not related to me, including my wife. Correct. Damn it. She's out. All right. Um
0: just keep in mind I'm sitting right in front of you. No, I'm just kidding. Don't want affect your
1: answer. <laughs> um. Cute. All right, so I then I do have to say. Um, Not related to, oh, uh, okay. I have to say, my friend Michael from college, um, okay. also the same person I was talking about the camping, uh, food story.
0: Oh, cool. So he's a Packers fan. Um, no, no one you guys fan. have been friends forever. It's born, a good man.
1: Born, he was born and raised in Wisconsin, um, and it has always been and will always be a lifelong Packer fan, just like me. And, um, yeah he's a he's a diehard dedicated fan and i can't think of i mean if i have to pick somebody i'm not related to um then he's got to be the first choice because we've watched a lot of games together but we've never had a chance i and i've only been to lambeau field once and it was Magical. 1998
0: oh was um, a good season to go to
1: it was a good season yeah and it was uh It was a great time. And uh, I mean, I've only I've been there. I've been to Lambeau Field, but just, you know, on the outside, I haven't been to a game at Lambeau Field since one time in 1998. And I would bring Michael because he's a diehard, dedicated fan and a great friend that I get to see far too little. Great.
0: So the organization also tells you this because you're the nerd, too. You're a huge nerd. You've. They've stumbled onto some amazing technology and they have a time machine that that can break the space-time continuum. And you're allowed to bring back the starting quarterback of your choice in their prime. And they give you three choices. Bart Starr, Aaron Rodgers, Brett Favre. Now here's the catch whatever quarterback you bring, that's the era of football you bring with it. So it's not like Bart Starr is going to be slinging around against, like, modern-day defenses.
1: Okay, so that that makes a difference. Um, Because when you first said the three quarterback names, but you didn't give that qualifier, it was going to be different. But I am absolutely going to say Bart Starr.
0: Wouldn't it be awesome to see him play?
1: Yes. Yes. To see him play in his prime, with that system that they had engineered by Vince Lombardi with with the players he had around him in in that era of of like breakneck like bloody knuckle football from the late 1960s absolutely i would and i i would be willing to bet that Brett Favre and Aaron Rodgers would say the same thing
0: yeah i believe it
1: yeah that they would pick Bart Starr in his era I believe it. Um, well, Aaron, Aaron Rodgers might say himself, but yeah, I I, I like if to he can't think pick, if he ego, can't
0: pick himself, he'd probably say Bart Starr.
1: I like to think his ego isn't too far gone, but it might be too far gone. I don't know. He's I I love the guy, but his ego has really gotten out of control in the last few years.
0: Yeah, but he popped his Achilles, man. Maybe he's gotten some humble pie now, so that's fine.
1: <laughs> maybe, be, maybe,
0: maybe. I don't know. <laughs> um. Okay. Final question of the night. Curveball. Still related to the Crackers. So, would you rather... You kind of answered this question. Would you rather see the defense, uh, the 1997 defense led by Reggie White, greatest defensive end in history? Yes, I'll go ahead and say it. Um, Or, would you rather see the defense of yesteryear like you were talking about under Brad the ice bowl that kind of defense what would you rather see if you you could watch that type of defense that type of game today which would you uh, prefer to watch
1: yeah I would go with the the mid to late 1990s defense with Reggie White um, The not that the defense in the 60s wasn't fantastic You know, uh, and this is me as a guy who just watched film of the 1960s Green Bay Packers, you know, and never being able to because they didn't have the in-depth analysis and all the different camera angles and everything that they had in the modern day. But yeah, it was ugly just from a pure physicality standpoint. um, Those players in the 1990s, you know with with Reggie White as their captain and leader what were I mean I, I put that I put that defense you know 96 97 98 Green Bay Packers defense I put them in the same category with the greatest defenses to ever play yeah you know They're incredible man
0: Leroy with
1: the, with the 1970s Purple people eaters and with yeah. the with the Warren Sapp led Buccaneers. Bay Buccaneers defense and the eighty five
0: yeah yeah and the eighty five yeah
1: defense. you know that that Green Bay Packers defense was one of the best of all time
0: yeah even though like the Ray Lewis Ravens and stuff like that man like I mean Reggie White George Kuntz Leroy Butler Craig Newsome Vonnie Holiday like. Santana Dotson, yeah. like, yeah, these guys were just fucking incredible. They were relentless. I like, I don't think people really understand and realize like how big Reggie White was. Like Reggie White played the defensive end position at like 300 plus pounds, yeah. which is about 60 pounds heavier than what defensive ends are today. And like edge rushers are today. Like these guys, it's, it's a different game. I understand that. But like he was a fucking mauler, man. I mean, he and, and ma- he
1: had he had more speed and endurance than players that were fifty pounds lighter and three inches shorter than him. Mm-hmm. you know he he had speed that nobody could nobody could figure out how to how to cover him and how to block him because a guy that big is not supposed to be that fast.
0: Yeah, yeah. The physicality, the athleticism, the quickness, the speed. And the size is just, yeah. Uh, he was just, oh God, he was incredible. He's the reason I'm a Packers fan. Cause like I followed him over from the, from Philadelphia. I was, I was an Eagles fan
1: for a very brief time just because of him. Yeah. And yeah. And I that didn't... game, that game I went to, I was so grateful that game. I went to watch at Lambeau field in 1998. I went with my brother and a friend of his. And it was late December. It was pouring down snow showers all day throughout the game. It was the Green Bay Packers versus the Tennessee Oilers. That's the year before they changed to yeah. the Titans.
0: That was the first move, yeah. Uh-huh.
1: And it was Reggie White's last home game as a Green Bay Packer.
0: Yes, nice, dude. And they
1: won, wow. and they won the game, and Reggie White took the big – massive flag with the G logo on it and ran around the stadium uh, ran around the sideline like five or six times after the game was over to say thank you to the fans. Nice. It was incredible.
0: Oh man. What a game to be there for. Fantastic. It
1: it was awesome. Awesome, man. It was a noon kickoff and we got to the parking lot at 4 a.m. And, and we were like 13th or 14th in line to get into the parking lot. We weren't even first in line at 4 a.m. for a 12 p.m. kickoff. Those people nice. are dedicated, man.
0: No, no shit, man. That's awesome stuff, man. Great. Well, Matt, thank you so much for your time tonight, man. I know that, you know, you just got back in town. I know Sunday nights are for family. You you peeling yourself away to make some time for me. And, man, I can't, can't thank you enough. What a great opportunity uh, to catch up with you and everything. Um, just really, really fantastic time. So want to say thank you to our audience as well. Uh, next week, we're going to be celebrating. Our sixth anniversary here on Alos Fumar Takes. Uh, I know that Sean Miles is watching with Big Dave from Illusione Cigars, who was actually our guest on an anniversary show uh last year. So uh it was it's great to kind of have full circle with that. So, Sean, thanks for uh thanks for letting me know about Big Dave sitting next to you. Uh, can't thank him enough for being our guest on our show uh last year for the anniversary. So uh man, what a fantastic time uh we had with that. That was a great show, and our anniversary is always great. Tim Wong will be back as he is every year for our anniversary he was my very first take so he's on every anniversary and we welcome back Hector Alfonso of Espinosa Cigars too who was uh, my, was actually my third take believe it or not so uh, we love uh love bringing back the history here so that it's we're celebrating 6 years of Loso Fumar takes can't believe it's been 6 being going to be crazy takes 271 takes it's unbelievable matt i know you're over 200 now too your show man that's that's, it's crazy to look back 200 plus shows man for both of us 400 plus shows almost 500 shows for the two of us it's crazy
1: grateful for every one of them brother
0: every single one of them absolutely well thanks to our audience for tuning in obviously appreciate all the likes shares and comments keep them coming check out our facebook uh, page for a calendar of upcoming guests and so on again next week is our sixth anniversary with Hector Alfonso and Tim Wong, You don't want to miss it. So definitely appreciate all of the time. tuck appreciate it. if you guys are listening on YouTube later, don't forget to hit the subscribe button if you are listening to podcasts, wherever you listen to podcasts, whether that be on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, Podbean, iHeartRadio, or wherever you listen to podcasts, don't forget to hit the download, subscribe, and review buttons if you are a subscriber. Do me a favor, hit unsubscribe, but don't forget to hit resubscribe because that really helps my numbers. So I can get guests like Matt whenever I want, essentially. So Really appreciate all that. Uh, Again, we're here live every Sunday night on Facebook Live, 930 Central, 1030 Eastern. You definitely don't want to miss next week's anniversary show for sure. And we got some more great guests coming up for the rest of November and into December. So you definitely want to stay tuned. So for everyone out there, guys, this was our 270th take live from the Alec Bradley Lone Star Studio of Azle, Texas. I'm Baird Plissi. And guess what, everybody? He's Matt Ty, And we'll see you next time.